Hey everybody, I am Dee Dee LaFrac. This is your daily unfiltered podcast, San Francisco Dam, for June 21st, 2020. Coming to you from the blue and blustery Tenderloin District of downtown San Francisco, California. Welcome everybody. Thank you subscribers. Hello new subscribers and new listeners. You've got the best taste in podcasts. This is a short format podcast. I will do my best to keep this under 10 minutes as all San Francisco Dam podcasts are. It's a very particular topic, not necessarily about San Francisco, but it is about some people who live in San Francisco. So let's go. First, I'd like to say happy Father's Day to all of the functional and hands-on dads. Today is Father's Day, but in African-American cultures, it's known as Happy Grandmother's Day. Yeah, if you don't know who I am, I'm a mixed-media artist. My background is performance art, public cable access TV, short films. I'm a mixed-media, multiple award-winning artist. I'm a real cult artist, a real bohemian woman. I self-define as a sexist, womanist, bohemian trophy widow. There is truth to all of those descriptions. I had recorded this podcast yesterday, and it was advice to black people. Black people. And I'm like, forget that. I'm going to specifically talk to black men. And I've got some critiques and some solutions, so let me go. This is about our generational fatherless epidemic. And we do have a fatherless epidemic. If some of you get upset by what I am saying, I have to say I do not care. This is my experience, my perspective. I also want to say I don't get into any beefs. So when you come to the San Francisco Dam Twitter page, and if you might want to beef with me, I'm just going to block you. I don't waste time. I'm a middle-aged woman. I'm old. I don't, I don't have time to play. I'm a cancer widow. I was there when my late great husband, Richard LaFrac, took his last breath. So I'm just telling you this in advance before I do a deep dive on this, okay? Just so you will know. Some people like to spend time on social media fussing. I find that very toxic and um, ridiculous. And this will probably go over 10 minutes. I am originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Some of you know this already but I'm not egotistical enough to assume everyone knows my background. That would be pure narcissism. I am one of seven children. I'm one of the youngest. My mother and father were beautiful Southerners who should not have married each other. My father definitely should not have married. He was the type of guy who liked to smoke a pipe and read Mickey Spillane detective novels. Any of you guys know about Mickey Spillane, like these sexy detective novels back in the 50s and 60s. And I did inherit that trait from my dad. I love to read. It's my favorite hobby. Anywho, my parents divorced when I was about four and a half years old. I have very few memories of my father and none of them are positive. All right. And when my um, parents divorced, my father walked away from the family. Like he just didn't pay any alimony. My mother was forced to go down to the welfare office. She had seven children. One is special needs. Can you imagine that? That would be enough to make anybody be depressed and just go off the rails. She held it together. My father would come by and visit very rarely. The majority of the time he would, he would call my mother and say, Helen, I'm coming, 
coming to get the kids. And she would get us all dressed up. I know I might cry. She would get us all dressed up. We'd be there, little bowls in our hair, six girls and one boy. Um, we'd be waiting for my dad, and he would not show up. We'll be, I, I'll never forget it, just waiting. And my mother, you know, she didn't diss him. We'd be waiting, and the sun would go down, and this went over and over and over and over and over and over again. The man abdicated parenthood. Now, when you were raised in a family like that, the family sort of represents the neighborhood. In our neighborhood back in Milwaukee, our neighborhood was mixed, and then the white and the Hispanic people started moving out, and it was primarily a uh, black neighborhood. On Richard Street, on the northeast side of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, we had a big yard, working garden. My mother did her best. I give her credit. She was a strict mother. She did her best. I mean, six girls, can you imagine? One son, the youngest, goodness gracious. Growing up in an environment like that, you got to see that it was okay for fathers to walk away. The majority of the moms in that neighborhood were divorcees. The fathers were not coming around to see their children or take care of their children, and that was normalized. I was raised that it was okay for fathers not to be in the home. That was what I was socialized with. However, I was allowed to read Mad Magazines. And I developed a Stevie Wonder addiction. So those two influences saved me from being socialized by my environment, which was, which began when I was a virgin teenager. People would ask me, when are you going to have a, a kid? That was the thing, like 17, 18 years old. When are you going to have a baby? When are you going to have a baby? This whole fatherless thing. It wasn't, when are you going to get married? It was, when are you going to have a baby? Now, if you're reading Mad Magazine, which I did, in an all-black environment, and this is New York Jews, they come from a, a, you know, family, family dynamic, mom and dad in the house. They would write these funny comics about going to the therapist. I went to my first therapist at age 19 to start working on my father issues, which I thankfully worked through. And they would make jokes about divorces and the fathers paying alimony and the fathers coming to see their kids. It it was like a, um, a tattoo on my brain. So I rejected my culture's um, fatherlessness. I rejected it. I knew it wasn't normal. Like black people were like, oh, we don't need daddy. Uh, we don't need a man in the house. Well, what are you going to say? You're, tra you're traumatized and you're trying to normalize your trauma. Okay, let me just keep going. I know this will probably go under, go over 10 minutes. I'm at six minutes. I'm just going to talk until I'm done making my point. And this will most likely be the longest San Francisco damn podcast. I know you guys are following me and I'm making sure that I circle back and make my point. All right, so I'm raised in that culture where people were trying to, to tell me it was normal that men weren't raising their kids. It was normal that women were the mothers and the fathers. I always rejected that. Now, if you scroll down on the podcast podcast list, there is a podcast called um, The Wonderful Story of How I Met Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder was my emotional dad. I would listen to his music. I really wanted my father. I would talk about my father all the time. I went to his house once. He threatened to call the police on me when I was 13 because I asked him why wasn't he involved with our life, our school. I was intellectually precocious. So you might want to listen to that. And some of you are listening and you're saying, well, that's not all black families. 
listen, right now in 2020, that's when I was a child. I'm I'm a middle-aged woman. I'm an old woman now. That's what people call me old, right? Middle-aged is old. It's worse. We now have statistics that are so sobering and so scary. It's so scary. Anyway, I left Milwaukee. I married young, basically to get out of the house. I knew when I was a girl, I saw that it was okay for black dads not to take care of their kids. I saw that nobody shamed them. I saw that the mom had to do everything. I I knew I would never have any kids. I never wanted to get any kids, but I knew I wanted to be married. It makes me a nonconformist, right? Which I am. I married young, got out of the house. We were incompatible. He was a black guy. All the men that I have been in love with were the opposite of my dad. My dad was an emotionally unavailable male. My first husband came from a married uh, family. Mom and dad were married. They were in the house. He was not raised by a single mother. Uh, my late great second husband, Richard LaFrac, same thing. Mom and dad were in the house. His mother didn't have to work. His father took care of everybody. They lived a middle class life. Mom and mink stoles laughing, martini glass in her hand, smoking cigarettes. Happy, happy, happy wife, happy life. So those are the types of men that I've always been attracted to, not the emotionally unavailable guys that would easily walk away from their family. Thank you, Mad Magazine and Stevie Wonder for that. Seriously, without Mad Magazine and Stevie Wonder, I wouldn't even be talking to you guys right now. I would have made some destructive, poor choices for sure. I would have been an, uh, a single mother. That's absolute because that's what the culture was training me to be. Like, you don't need a man to have a baby. That's what they would say. You don't need a man to have a baby. I'm like, I, I just rejected that. So as soon as possible, I relocated from Milwaukee, Wisconsin to San Francisco. Now, today, now I'm circling back to 2020. The statistics are outrageous in black America. And black people listening, I'm not, let's, let's not bring the white man. Anytime you talk about black fatherlessness, they always bring up white people. Now, I'm, this is dirty laundry I'm airing. I don't give a frig. Look at, look at the community. Oh, the white man did this. The white man did. The white man is the boogeyman. Listen, we've got 70% out of wedlock rate. Okay, uh, no, 72% out of wedlock rate. That means those two people were not married when they chose to bring babies into the world. We have 70% of black households in America. That's two-thirds. That is seven households out of ten are ran by a woman. Absorb that, like tattoo that in your brain and what that means generationally. What that means is those children did not see their mom and dad married. They didn't have a, they didn't grow up with dad in the house loving their mom. They didn't see their dad protecting the family. They didn't see their dad being the provider for the family. All right. That is like some sickening. That's something sickening right there. Trust me, I've had a lot of therapy to deal with that, and therapy works, which is why I've been successful romantically. I've talked to some guys, and they're like, wow, I didn't even know that you were raised like with your father like that. And I have dated men, and I told them about my dad. Some men would cry, honest. Uh, and I have Asian friends, and, they, and, and I would tell them, and they'd say, I find it incomprehensible that a man would do that. Now, some of you listening are like, oh, why are you getting down on the black man? Why are you getting down on the black man? Listen, there's something called personal responsibility. 
If you have a garden, take care of your plants. If you don't want to have any plants, don't make a garden. Simple. Don't. My, Michael Jackson said it. Hey, don't have a baby if you can't feed a baby. So here we are now. 2020. The black woman. 50 years of mass generational fatherlessness. We have an epidemic. Now the role reversals are complete in black American communities. I'm talking most, I'll repeat, <clears throat> seven out of 10 families are led by a woman. And I'm going to address this lie that's going around. It's a lie. You know, the proof of the pudding is the eating. There's a lie. Somebody made up this stupid, uh, this statistic, it's a, it's a freaking lie. The statistic, black males, and I'm, I'm saying black males, it's dehumanizing the same way that black women are dehumanized by black males rap. Black females, black females. So I'm a satirist, black males. So these black males made up this statistic saying, black males are the most involved fathers. They spend the most time with their children. Pause for effect. Listen, if a man is spending quality time with his children, leading, guiding, protecting, loving, the children will reflect the care the father gives them. And, you know, I give black males credit. They've got it going on. They've got everybody protecting them. People are marching for them. People are making excuses for them. Black males have made a, a art form called rap based on denigrating black women, the very women who are their mothers, the very women who are raising their children without being married, the same women who will lay their lives down on the protest and picket lines to protect their butts, and they are constantly dissing black women in rap, which is why I stopped supporting rap, because I am not a hypocrite. I am a diverse woman. I interracially marry and date. There's no way I could sit around and play rap music N-word, 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 N-word. I'd be a hypocrite. And hanging out with, you know, Hispanic, white, Asian men, and here comes the music N-word, N-word, N-word. And and they're not supposed to say it, so I had to I had to let go of rap. I don't play rap music. The last rap music I bought was um Missy Elliott. It was called Miss E. And it was all this N-word. I'm like, ugh. And then I bought um, Outcast. It was uh, the Love Below speaker box. I love Andre 3000. That was the last rap uh, album I ever bought. I, I love Andre 3000. I love this song called Spread and No N-Word. I, I can't stand to hear the N-Word like, you know, some of you millennials, Gen X, iGen are listening. Yeah, I'm an old lady. I don't like the N-Word. So sue me. Anyway. So I want you to get uh, an idea of what this culture is about. Now, some of you again are saying that's not all black fathers. When you have the majority of the males of a race who are not married to the mother of their children, who are not living in the home with their children, who are not living in the home to raise their children, then you've got teenage boys running the street wild. These are teenage boys that don't know their grandfather. These are teenage boys raised by their grandmother. Now, what you will have is some black women in my age group, they couldn't handle it. They became crack addicts, uh, smoking too much weed, going to jail. I'm not talking all enough that the kids had to be raised by the grandmother because, of course, the father abdicated. 
It's okay. Black Black America does not shame absentee fathers as they should. Now, again, some of you are listening saying white people do it too. There is no other race that has these sickening statistics. None. Yeah. Out of wedlock is pretty common. Name me a race in America that has 70% of the homes led by women. And also, we have this father's epidemic Black males, a lot of them, they, they seem to embrace a victim status, like it's a white man holding me down. These are the same males who may demonize white men and run like uh, cats chasing mice to chase white women. Make it make sense. It's black males and Asian females interracially date and marry more than anybody in America. Let me repeat, the black man and the Asian woman interracially date more than anybody in America. And I have to say that there are too many Asian women, not, not the ones I know, that will diss Asian men to get a white guy. Like, oh, there's Asian men, this and that. I've heard it. I've heard it, okay? And the same thing with black males. They'll give it a white woman, you know, the black woman, her hair, the black woman, her eyelashes, the black woman is loud. That's, that's, that's called, um, you're just trying to turn the light off of you and shining it on somebody else. And may I just say the interracial relationships that in the most are black men and white women. The interracial relationships that last the longest are, can you guess? You couldn't. Black women and white men. Yeah, black women are loyal. Let me tell you something, people. If you want somebody to have your back, get a black woman. Black women are loyal as houses. I mean, we are some real loyal women. Look at them. Riding for black males who won't even marry them, won't even come in the house. Some black men are so anti-family that they, uh, they have these platforms of not paying child support. I'll say it again. If the man... Is taking care of his children. The children will reflect that. Look at Jewish dads. Look at the Asian dads. I'm talking in America. Look at the Hispanic dads and look at their kids. Okay. I live in an Asian micro hood. I love seeing the fathers with their children here in San Francisco. You know what we have in San Francisco? San Francisco shows you what the black fatherless epidemic is all about. We have a six. I'm saying it's a five percent. Black population in San Francisco, at least 50% of the people on the street of San Francisco are black, and most of those are black men. So that means maybe their grandmother died. The grandmother is a father, right? Okay, the grandmother died. They have no family to go back to. Where's their dad? I ta I've talked to so many black males on the street. Where's your dad? I didn't. I don't have no dad. My dad didn't raise me. Uh -huh. Black men, y'all have to do better. Here's here's my suggestion. Of what you need to do: first, stop dissing black women. Keep black women's names out of your mouth unless you're saying something positive, because nobody has your back like a black woman. Some of these black women have. They lack self-preservation. It's all about black men. Our black men. My our black man. My foot. I'm down for three people. Me, myself, and I. Okay. So black men. Stop having kids you cannot afford. The reason why so many black men step away from their kids is because it's expensive and because they can. There is no societal shaming. There's there's no group of men to come up to me. Do you think that Jewish men would allow other Jewish men to walk away from their kids like black males do? 
give me up. Do you think they would they would go to their house? You think Italian men would allow this? Would Hispanic men allow it? Asian men allow it? No. Black people allow this crap, and this is what we got. Their grandsons running wild. So black males use condoms. You don't want to have any kids? You you don't want to take care of your kids? You don't want to get married? Use condoms. That's it. All right. Choose carefully the women you lay down with. Anytime you have sex with a woman, she could become the mother of your children. That's a fact. So it, it seems to me that a lot of black men basically need to be sexually celibate. Two, I, I did say keep black women's names out of your mouth. Stop dissing us. Stop dissing our hair. Stop trying to put us down so other people can look at you like, oh, yeah, the black man is so much better than the black woman. I've had so many non-black uh, women tell me, yeah, black men are always dissing y'all. Hey, guess what? Here's the flip side of interracial dating. If the black man is dissing uh, us to you, then those same black men come back to Black women calling us sisters. Yeah, the white woman treat me bad. Oh, the Asian woman wants me to pay child support. I've heard it all. I've heard it all. So don't be flattered when they get with you dissing me because they're going to talk about you just like they talk about me. All right, black man, use condoms. Choose carefully the women you lay down with because she could become the mother of your children. Become sexually celibate. Keep your penis in your pants. Keep, keep everything zipped up. Stop having sex for six months. You know, hey, you don't, you don't have to keep having sex. Give me a break. Your children focus on education. Got black boys that care, care too much about, uh, gold teeth, expensive belts, expensive tennis shoes, expensive weed. And it shows we need more focus on education. Men lead the culture. The black community now is a matriarchy. A matriarchy is a failed patriarchy. And you need to do something with your rap music. To me, I consider it hate speech. Like I said, I'm a middle-aged woman. I know oh, people listen to oh, that old lady. Hey, I was there when rap began. Rap used to be a family-friendly musical art form. You could go roller skating with your grandparents and your little nieces and nephews and people did and you listen to rap and it would be so cute. They weren't calling women bees. They weren't calling each other the N-word. They weren't calling women H's. It was family friendly. And then in the uh, 80s, first they were talking about F the police, but then the people who ran the record companies like, we cannot have that. Then they started talking about F black women, Snoop Dogg, B's and H's and all that, like, ugh. All right, so now, here we are today, Black Lives Matter, police reform, me, hey, all the black women listening, stay home, let black males go out there and march for that, you're not a man, you are the primary caregiver seven times out of ten, so if you're out there on the protest lines, and you get hurt. Your kids are basically orphans. There's going to be more black kids raised by their grandmother. That's right. I think I've made all the points that I need to make. I'm sure there are some that I didn't make. You have to do better, but I think it's too late myself. I think it's too late because wealth is distributed by marriage. All right. All other cultures know that. But these black men are running away from getting married. I have to tell so many black men, you should get married. You should get married. You should get married. You should get married. Feel like a cuckoo bird. You should get married. You should get married. You should get married. You should get married. They don't want to get married until it's too late. Then they're 50 years old, you know, some health problems. Then they're looking for a young woman. So what we have now, I'm going to tell you what we have now. We have a, um, 
It's rising. Have you guys heard the term swirling? I know many of you have. Swirling is interracial dating. There's a big swirling community. The best and the brightest, not most, but a lot of black women have given up. They are not loyal to black males. They are opening themselves up to interracially date, dating and marriage. And as I told you before, and you could just check this out, the marriages that last the longer are black women and white men. Ten years, I don't even want to guess what black America's gonna black America is gonna look like. I um I know you hear me stumbling over the words, just visualizing that. It's like, what are we gonna have? We're gonna have like two different black Americans and mainly it's gonna be the immigrants, the Africans, the Jamaicans, those are family focused uh people. They like getting married. They're not into all this out of wedlock like uh this whole rap generation stuff. I don't see it uh ending well. So black women get out while you can. I'm serious. Stop covering for these males. Black men. And, and another thing you could do, black man, when you see your brothers acting like a jerk, man up and talk to them. They're, they're not all going to kill you. They're not going to shoot you. When you see them heckling black women online, face to face, check them. Be a man. Man up. I know you're raised by your grandmother and your mother. I know your father didn't raise you, but sometimes you have to parent yourself. Okay? You have to parent yourself. Y'all, I am shaking my head. This is Father's Day 2020. Whew. Hey, people, guess what? I'm Dee Dee LaFrac. I trust my vibe. San Francisco. Damn.